What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. I want to talk about everybody's favorite word today. <laughs> Something was relayed to me via a story, and then it happened to me uh, today. And well, not exactly. Like a, a situation presented itself in which this cliche happens uh, to me today, and I dealt with it in the way that I think we all should deal with it as leaders, and I'm going to explain that uh, as we go, but I want to talk about the word shipmate, and I knife-handed when I said that. Um, it's everybody's favorite derogatory, non-derogatory word, right? So um, I like it in, in a way, in like a tongue-in-cheek way, um, and I... Uh, I was talking to, we were having a meeting and, I, and my CMC was talking. And, and for those of you that don't know, um, I have finally, for the first time in a long time, a mentor that I get a lot from in my CMC. Uh, every conversation, every interaction, um, I get a lot out of, uh, I learn a lot, challenges me, uh, makes me think, makes me question things. It's, it's really great. It's really refreshing for me. It's got me kind of re-energized, which is great. Um, and he was at a meeting and we were talking about something. I can't remember even what it was that led to this, but he relayed a story where he was walking through a building. It was a schoolhouse and encountered a sailor that, I mean, like his pants were kind of sagging, not on purpose, not as like a fashion statement, but they're kind of sagging. Maybe they're too big for him. Maybe he just didn't have his belt on correctly. I don't know, but Pants were kind of sagging. He had something gigantic in one of his cargo pockets that just looked ridiculous. Um, apparently, didn't shave and didn't have no shave shit, stuff like that. And and it was uh, for for submarines especially, and I'm sure it happens in other communities too. Like he was one of those guys that works long hours. He was getting after it, and then he had to go to a trainer up at the schoolhouse, and he just neglected the basic things. Um, and, and I think a lot of the issues that I talk about with general professionalism, military bearing and personal appearance that drive me so nuts is just people get tired, man. They elect to not do those things and I'm not making an excuse for it. I get tired too. And I just elect to devote 30 minutes to making sure that all that stuff scored away instead of getting that extra 30 minutes of sleep. But it's neither here nor there. This young man was walking through the schoolhouse. He was a third class petty officer, kind of a hot mess in appearance. Um, and I mean, all indications were that he got that way by working really, really hard. So, you know, better for the doubt in ways. But, uh, so he, uh, CMC stops him, right? He's like, <laughs> he's like, Hey man, uh, l let's talk about why your hands are in your pockets, why you look like you haven't shaved and what's going on with your pants. Uh, and he kind of said like he acknowledged him in a, in a kind of a casual manner cause he didn't, didn't know who was stopping him. Right. Uh, and so I, opportunity like intervention point number one right this high level command master chief did not flip out because this guy acknowledged him casually because he doesn't have eyes in the back of his head right it's a completely reasonable response probably thought it was someone in his class or one of his buddies or just somebody that needed to get his attention I mean, a lot of people in this building ask for directions because it's a giant confusing building um so he turns around and then he's like oh okay so he acknowledged he turns around realizes who he's talking to uh and so CMC starts talking to him about like his uniform appearance. Like, what's, go what's going on with your uniform, man? Like, what's in your pocket? Like, you, you look like pants look like you're about to fall off. Like, what's going on? 
And he, and he talks to him. He has about a 10-minute conversation with the kid about a bunch of different things. A very give-and-take, conversational tone, casual tone, laughed a little bit, um, corrected the guy, explained to him kind of like, you know, why, and uh, in like his own way. And then at the end of the conversation, right, the whole conversation was very cordial, very non-confrontational, um, with a little bit of laughter mixed in, right, where... Uh, at the end, uh, he says to this E4, you know, you know, are you, are, are you better because of this conversation? And he's like, we, he's like, yeah, like, I get it. I understand now. And he's like, all right, good. Like shook his hand and went on his way. Right. And the point of telling and relaying the story was, um, the being a decent human being concept, like just very easily could have lived up to the caricature of chiefs, senior chiefs, mass chiefs, and CMCs that, that a lot of junior sales have in their heads, and some of those stereotypes are earned, um, but he but he didn't, and that high-level CMC, he's very visible in our area. People know who he is when he's walking around. He had that interaction, and that left a big impact on that kid. And I guarantee he went and told a bunch of people about that interaction that he had with that CMC by name and said, like, I can't, like, he was cool. Like, we just had a conversation. Yeah, I got to take, you know, he's correcting me, but it wasn't what I expected it to be, right? So the point being, like, and he drove this home, and this was kind of the lesson he wanted this entire room of, of Chiefs, Senior Chiefs, and Mass Chiefs to get out of this conversation was, that it doesn't have to be one of those, hey, shipmate, get your hands out of your pockets. Like, are you kidding me? You know better, right? It doesn't have to be that. It doesn't, as soon as it starts with that tone, as soon as it starts with the knife hand and hey, shipmate, to get him to stop, especially with that kind of uh, command presence, you know, where it's like you sound like you're a, a police officer giving someone orders, right? Like, as soon as it starts in a confrontational manner and tone like that, you've already lost him. It's already over, and I, I'm not uh, to qualify this statement. I'm and this this line of thinking. I'm not saying that you can't ever find situations that 100% merit that type of tone and presence and communication method. Right? They exist. Sure. I'm not. I'm not arguing that point, which I feel like is going to be the contrary view here, but. What I am saying is the vast majority of interactions, especially stuff like that, nobody's killing anybody by having their hands in their pockets. Like I shared a video uh, yesterday of like this pro wrestler guy with his hands in his pockets. And it says like when you get your DD-214 and Chief tells you to take your hands out of your pockets. It's really hilarious. It's on the Facebook page if you want to check it out. But like I can laugh about this stuff. Like I'm not this completely unreasonable person that that is going to go off when I see that kind of stuff. But what I, I'm going to correct you and, and kind of where I'm going with this is like, I just want it to be understood and for people to really think about it. Like when you have those interactions, what do you get out of being a dick about it? Like, what do you get out of starting it with that confrontational tone with that knife hand? Hey, shit made approach, right? I mean, does it make you feel good? I don't know. Maybe, maybe an egomaniac gets a bit of an ego stroke from that. But then what? What did you accomplish besides making your feel, yourself feel good for five seconds? 
Nothing, right? And that sailor is for sure going to walk away and completely ignore everything you said. And it's just another reason to say F chiefs or F whoever that stopped them, right? If you're a first class petty officer that stopped them or you're a officer or whatever, right? It's, you're just building on that stereotype. You're just further eroding the trust, right? Whereas if you encounter this type of a situation, whether it's this specific type or any other interaction that doesn't immediately qualify for the like the the previous approach that I was explaining, like the confrontational type approach, which is super rare. Like you should be going through a mental checklist of like how to keep my foot out of my mouth for dummies. Like you should be asking yourself a ton of questions to check off all the prerequisites before you elevate to that type of a confrontational approach. And it's rare that you're going to get all the way through all those steps where you don't where the flow chart doesn't say, okay, no, this this situation doesn't merit that. It's very rare. Okay, so so with that in mind, if you approach this type of an interaction with just a like, hey man, what what are you doing? Like, and and I do it with like jokes and stuff. I like I'll, I'll walk, I walk around and and I'll tell you a story about a jail that kind of got me good with this approach. But it was a joke I had where I, as I saw, saw guys in the office or I saw people on the on the boat um, or even on the pier, I'm like, hey, did you find what you were looking for? And they're like, what? I'm like, did you find what you're looking for? Your integrity? Did you find it in your pocket where your hands are? Did you find it? <laughs> like, or your character or your whatever, right? Your military bearing. And so like I constantly be like, hey, did you find what you're looking for? And they're like, your military bearing in your pocket, or is it somewhere else? And then they haha, like we get it, we both get a laugh out of it. They're like, ah, oh, you got me. And uh this lieutenant, uh clever man, started writing on cards he would write military bearing character integrity and so like he'd have his hands in his pockets and i'd be like hey sir you uh you find your integrity in your pocket and he'd pull out a card and flip to integrity and hand it to me and i was like okay looks like i gotta come up with new lines um but it was it's a it's a cool way of approaching it right like we both get laughs out of it we create a rapport out of it it's disarming maybe you start talking about other stuff Every time he sees me, it reminds him to get his hands out of his pockets, and then we get to have that laugh, right? Um, but it it's just a way of doing it. Um, today, same thing. Like, I, I was walking around base this morning. I, I came in early to do some stuff, and then I left. I was trying to get some breakfast, but the oven at Starbucks was broken. I know. First world problems. But um, the uh, I was walking back, and uh, I encountered a sailor that I knew from a previous command and I stopped to talk to him and there's a bunch of other, it was E5 and below, just a kind of a gaggle of them standing around uh, smoking. And so I was talking to this young man that I knew and uh, we were just catching up and, and there was a couple of different times, one of the six people standing in the circle had their hands in their, in their pockets. And I'm like, hey, shipmate, hands, you're killing me. And like another guy, like, he was there and he just kind of forgot after a minute while we were talking and then I was like, really? And I said, I'm like, man, you're hurting my feelings. Like I'm standing right here. I can see you. And, uh, just, and they all got laughs out of it. Like it wasn't, I could have very easily been the senior chief that destroyed them for that or that talked down to them or had a demeaning or aggressive tone for no reason. Like I'm not accomplishing anything where if I'm doing it this way, where it's disarming and we start a conversation about something, or maybe because it's, low key and and they feel like they can ha- create a rapport with me because I'm not a- aggressive in the situation that maybe they ask me why I care, 
right? And then I get to have that conversation. And that's a leadership opportunity for me to explain to them why it's important, explain to them why I feel the way that I do and why I think that I need to be the hands in, in your pockets guy or, or whatever, any uniform issue. Um, why I feel the need to police that, why I think that that's important, whether it be heritage, whether it be just policies and procedures and professionalism and military bearing and all those things, like why I care about them, whether you agree with me or not, whether they leave that conversation agreeing with me or not, having that conversation builds trust, builds rapport, helps rebuild the image of the chief's mess in these kids' minds. And if you don't think it needs rebuilding, We'll discuss that soon. I got a whole episode coming with a really awesome guest where we're going to talk all about that. But it starts rebuilding that image in their mind. It starts rebuilding that trust. It's like, oh man, they're they're this can, this type of an interaction can happen. That caricature that we all create in our mind of the negative interactions with supervisory elements when you're doing stuff that's quote unquote wrong, that they don't always happen that way. And and it kind of recreates the image in their mind that we're in fact human beings wearing uniforms to work, right? I'm not a robot. I wasn't built in a chief factory and then programmed to knife hand people and say, hey, shit, mate. I do like knife handing people, though. I got a lot of moves. Um, but it's it's a thing that I think we need to think more about. I, we need to spend more time analyzing the ways in which we communicate with junior sailors and the interactions that we do have, which ones really need to be aggressive, which ones need to have that type of a tone, which ones do you need to be that type of a personality and and which ones do you not, which ones can you be on their level as a human being while understanding that there is a line and that they're very rarely going to step across it. So why can't you, open up the lines of communication? Why can't you let the wall down a little bit and have those conversations? Why can't you start to build trust and rapport with these sailors so that you can have conversations with them about all of the things that you want them to do, but you have trouble getting them to do? And I, I'm willing to bet, at least partially, the reason that you have issues trying to get them to do the things you want them to do or to understand the things that you're trying to communicate is that there's a giant barrier there because the manner in which you're communicating it is not, it's not the medium, right? It's not the right way of doing it. They don't communicate that way. And, and really, and no one does. Like if you talk to me like I was less than, or like I was an idiot all the time, I wouldn't listen to you either. I wouldn't, neither would you. You wouldn't listen to me if I did that to you. You wouldn't listen to them if they did that to you, right? It's, it's incredibly simple, but it's not easy, right? Like sometimes you just kind of fall back in, into this like lower level default mode where it's like you, you talk in a way that you don't really need to. And you, and every leader will find themselves in that situation where you, you kind of regress back into this like weird primal chiefly mentality where you, where you deal with everything kind of the same way in, in a way that's not the best way of doing it. Right. It doesn't happen all the time, but like when I get tired, especially underway, like I, I one of my biggest weaknesses is when I'm deployed, I get a little moody. <laughs> I, uh, I miss home and I get stressed out a little bit. And, and part of that, it, there's a lot of reasons why I get that way. One of them is because I do a crap job of balancing. Um, I don't, uh, if I was able to uh, get eight hours of sleep every day and work out every day, I'd be fine. <laughs> but we all know that that's a big ask, especially when you're deployed, right? So, um, you know, I, I struggle with not being able to do those things. It, it's I, I'm never in the best mental space when I can't do those things. So um, 
yeah, that, I mean, let me know what you guys think about this, especially the supervisors. Um, I, I feel like, and, and junior players obviously always open to feedback, but um, I, I feel like this is more of a, of a conversation with, with leadership. And, and this can apply to any level of leadership, right? Um, because any level of leadership can be in a position where they're correcting a subordinate and they can be doing it in a manner that kind of falls into the vein of that, hey, shipmate thing. But um, I think that it's really important that supervisors kind of look at this and think to themselves and, and figure out like, how often do I really need to be communicating in that manner? Because I think a lot of people create like an image in their mind of what they think they need. It's almost like creating a character, right? Um, it's like you're creating a, a version of yourself that is, is supposed to fit the idea of what you're, charges have in their mind of like what their boss is supposed to be when in reality what you think you're supposed to be for them like what you think they either need or want you to be and what they want or need you to be are two very very different things so it's kind of like one of those you have to have those conversations to figure it out um, that's one of the reasons why I'm jumping up and down about trying to get people on this podcast. I, I really want to have more conversations with junior sailors. Uh, I'm really excited because I'm getting, so I'm having one of my prior juniors that has now separated. She's a veteran. Um, she does a lot of really cool work with uh, basically just veteran advocacy on a lot of different topics. And she's done a bunch of like TV interviews and podcasts and all this stuff. And uh, so I'm going to have her on very soon. Uh, we're going to have a discussion. It's going to be great to talk to her again uh, and, and talk to her about these topics in, in particular. Uh, and then I'm going to have another junior sailor on, uh, one of my former students. I'm very excited about that. Uh, just to get the very bright, high functioning sailor that I've, I've actually reached out to her in the past and asked her, like, what's your opinion on this? And, and what, what type of perspective do you have on this or this to get a junior sailor's perspective? And so, uh, I'm going to get, get to have her on as well. Uh, and that'll be very cool. Um, and then another guest and some bunch of other episodes in the pipe. So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to talk to people and not just myself. And I would love to talk to all of you, like always, uh, if you have any feedback for me, any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast. Or you can DM me on Instagram at DGUTS podcast. And if you want to talk, you can come on the podcast. I'm serious. I really want you guys to do it. <laughs> Reach out chiefs, officers. I don't care. Junior enlisted veterans that have separated uh, Marines, soldiers, airmen, guardsmen. I don't care. Anybody, anybody that's interested uh, that wants to talk about anything at all. Uh, there's no topic off limits. I, you know, I, I, even if I'm not an expert on it, I'll have a conversation about it. And, and if I get into a weird spot where I don't know something or I'm super uncomfortable talking about something, then we'll do, then we'll address that when, when we get there. Right. But, uh, I will talk about anything. And I think it's important that you all know that as long as you're comfortable doing it. And, and especially if it's your story to tell, right. If you're relaying a story about you or, about an experience or whatever. Uh, as long as you're comfortable talking about it, I'm comfortable talking about it and, uh, I'd love to do it. So yeah, um, that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>